where we are on a series this month on the power of words. Amen. And um, we are discovering that words have life or death in them. Amen. And um, and so what we say, we can frame our word world with our words. Amen. And so so really our rule, our our words will rule us or defeat us. And uh, so today I want to talk to you about the power of our words in, in taking authority in your life. Amen. And so words can give you the power to take authority over anything that may be attacking you in your life today. Amen. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with in your life. Your words lined up with God's words can defeat anything coming against you. I like what it says in Genesis, and I talked about this in the first session of words, is that God really created us in his image and in his likeness, and that's in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. He created us in his image and his likeness, and so he created us to be like him. Uh, he actually created man to be God of this world, amen? And of course, uh, we have authority. Um, God gave mankind authority and dominion. He told us to be fruitful and to multiply. And so really, uh, his commission on mankind is to take dominion in whatever area we're in. Amen? And so God wants us to take dominion. How, how, how do we do that? We do that the same way God does. God speaks faith-filled words, and he gets things done through his faith-filled words. We speak faith-filled words. In other words, we find God's promises and we stand on his promises, and we speak his promises, and when we do that, dunamis power comes about from that. Amen? Amen. Uh, the Bible talks about how can two walk together unless they're in agreement. And so, listen, we got to get in agreement with God. Amen. You know, we don't need to get in agreement with how the world talks, or, you know, the world always is talking negative, but my Bible and the Word of God is always talking positive. And so we want to make sure that we're, that we're um, talking positive in our life. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, so sin and death um, it can be a result of us speaking negative. Amen? You know, uh, Adam and Eve, they had the power and authority in this world system before they fell and ate the fruit, the forbidden fruit. And when they fell and ate the forbidden fruit, Satan moved in and Satan, the Bible says, became the God of this world. So God is God of the universe and God is, in a sense, uh, he is over everything. But Satan usurped the authority from mankind. And now Satan has some type of authority in this world system. And so I, I like this because... Uh, Jesus is the one that gave us back that authority. And he did that in Romans 5.17. Let's look at Romans 5.17. And, uh, and, and let's see how, what Jesus says here, or what Paul says this about Jesus. It says, Romans 5.17 says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. I love this. This is in the book of Romans. Paul got the revelation that, and we see here it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, 
caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through the one man, Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying that we have authority and power over sin and death. You could say it this way. We have authority and power over anything that's trying to steal life from us. Because Jesus said it this way. Jesus said he came not to give us a religion. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And so really, if we're going to obtain abundant life, we need to talk the way Jesus talked. We need to start acting the way Jesus acts. Amen. And Jesus controlled his environment by his words. And we can do the same thing. So we are supposed to rule and reign in this life as kings. Uh, it says in Romans five seventeen, the Amplified, I like this. It says, because of one man's trespass, lapse of offense, talking about Adam and Eve when they sinned in the garden, death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness put in them in right standing with himself, reigns as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. So we see here that Paul's getting a revelation that as Christians, we're supposed to be ruling and reigning like a king. Amen. Amen. And so, so that, that's, that's good news. Because I'm going to say this, no matter what is coming against us, we're not helpless. Amen. Whatever, is, whatever is trying to attack us, we're, not, we're just not at the mercy of the circumstances and the situations of life. No, no we, we, we have the mercy of God and we have the power of God working in us. I like what it says in Revelation 1, 5, and 6. It says, and from, it says it this way. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from sins in his own body or in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God, his father, to him be the glory and dominion Forever and ever. So, so, so in the book of Revelation, Jesus is the faithful witness. And it says that, that he's our prince. And he's the prince of kings on the earth. Now, it's not just talking about natural kings. He, he's actually, he made us kings and priests. Amen. So if you're a saint today, if you're a believer, you're a king and you're a priest unto our God. Amen. And I, I like that because you can rule as a king uh, if you're uh, in your family. You can rule as a king in your family. You can rule as a king in your workplace. You can rule. How do we do that? By one Jesus Christ. We rule by the power of God's promises. Amen. I like what it says in Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there is Power. I love that. Where the word of a king is. So, so a king's word has power to produce, produce results. And as we are kings in the body of Christ, when we line our words up with God's word, it produces dutimous power. Another scripture says in Job twenty two twenty eight. it says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. 
and the light of and thy and the light shall shine upon thy ways. So as we decree some things, especially in this time where you know turmoil is all through the world, we're dealing with this uh, coronavirus. Listen, you can decree a thing. You can decree that you know this virus will not come near your dwelling. You can start decreeing that that God is your, you know, that he sent his son Jesus. Jesus is your savior. He's your protector. protector. He's your soon coming king. Amen. So what we need to do with our words is that, again, we're not helpless. We can take our words and we can take dominion in our life in any area where the enemy's trying to attack us. It doesn't matter if there's a virus trying to come against us or if there's poverty trying to come against us or if there's other things trying to come against us. We have the power to deal with that. Amen? And so we need to take that power and, and, and of our words and speak to those things and command those things to, to be cast into the sea like Jesus talks about. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear-filled words being propagated in the news. And if you watch a lot of the news, you can get fearful. And sometimes you got people saying, like, this nation is going to be like some of the other nations that were hit hard with the coronavirus. I don't believe that. Amen. Uh, uh, some governors that have their states that have a lot of cases are saying every state's going to be like that. Uh, I don't believe that. Every state is different. And you know what? I'm going to say this. The the people that's loving God in wherever state that you're in, you're serving God. No plague's going to come near your dwelling. You believe that? In other words, he gives his angels charge over, over us to protect us in all our ways. You know, when the plagues were hitting uh, uh, the Egyptian people uh, in the Old Testament... When, they, when, the, uh, when the Israelites were under Egyptian bondage, none of those plagues touched the Israelites. Only the plagues came into the places of the, the, the people of Egypt to reveal some truth to them that God is God. Amen. Amen. You might be in a situation where you don't know why all this is happening. Listen, you know, the devil's out here. And it's happening because he's coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. But you know what? God is out here too. And he's here to give us life and life more abundantly. I think as Christians and as the body of Christ, we need to continue to start. We need to pray and continue to pray. We need to pray for our for our president. We need to pray for those that are in authority. We need to pray that God would move. Amen. I like what it says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Uh, and, and, it, and it starts off with this, this way. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. You know, I, I think this is a time, you know, in our walk with God, where we need to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. I, I, I think that this is, you know, even though the world is being shaken and, and, and the Bible says that things are going to be shaken in the end days. But the people of God that hold on to the word of God will not be shaken. But there are people that are unstable in their faith. 
There, there are some Christians that are walking in the ways of the world. And God wants you letting go of the ways of the world. Amen. And he wants you to embrace him. Right. Amen. And so he says, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves. You know, you know humility is the key uh, to receiving the grace of God in our lives. In James 4, 7, it says this. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So I, I love this and some preachers kind of minister it this way. They say, resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. But really, you, it, the whole scripture is submit yourself to God first and foremost. Amen. And so, so, you know, when we humble ourselves, we need to, you know, s- submit ourselves to God and his word. We, we need to get under the authority of God. We, 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 we need to, you know, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And the Bible says when we do that, he will lift us up. And then when we submit ourselves to God, then we have the power to resist the devil. See, see, we don't have any power to resist the devil or anything coming against us if we're not in total submission to God. Amen. And so when we submit to God, that empowers us to resist the devil and what he's trying to do in our lives. And when we resist him, the devil, he has to flee. And so so what am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying that in a sense, the coronavirus uh, is something that comes to steal, kill and to destroy. And in a sense, it's disease. And we need to fight against this disease. How? By submitting to God and his word, by believing his word, and, we, and then commanding the devil or the disease to, to not come near your dwelling. Amen. So, so we, we submit to God. Say submit to God. Say resist the devil. And then what happens? The devil will flee from you. We submit to God. We resist the devil. I like what it says in James 4.10. It says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So we need to get humble. Amen. We, need to get our, we need to get back to God. You know, there's, there's a large body of Christ and, and there's, there's people in the body of Christ that may not have been walking fully under God's protection because they're not totally walking in obedience to him. Amen. And I'm going to say this to you today. Get back with God. Get back walking with the Lord. Get back to reading your Bible every day. Get back to praying every day. Get back to witnessing the goodness of the Lord. Get back to your first love. Amen. I I think a lot of times that we can uh, we can lose our love for God and our love can be moved in to other areas of our lives. Amen. Number two, it says here in the, in the Chronicles prayer, it, said, uh, uh, it says here, uh, humble thy hundred shall humble. Uh, it says, let's look at this again. It says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And we need to be praying. Amen. Amen. We need to be praying more than ever before. I know for some of us, this is kind of like a vacation. 
Some of us, it may not be hitting us that hard. Some of us, it may not be affecting our families, but God wants us praying. You know, you may not be affected that much in your job. You may not have lost your job. I know some people that are getting more hours in their job. I know of some people that are working overtime because of this. I know that some people are getting paid even though they're not working. But you know what? That's not a time for us to relax. That's not a time for us to lay back and say, well, let's just see what's going to happen. No, no, this is a time where we need to be praying and we need to be praying fervently. We don't need to give up in praying. Amen. We don't need to say, well, let's just wait. Let's see what the government's going to do. Let's wait. for You know, my faith isn't in the government. Uh, You know, my faith isn't in the scientists. My faith isn't in the medical community. My faith is in God. Thank God for all the people that are trying to do the right things and trying to help us and all that. I, I'm not discounting that. But what I'm saying is my, your faith has to be in God. Amen. And when our faith is in God, we're going to r- rise up like the church that God called us to be. And so we need to have our faith in God. Say, I have my faith, have my faith. in God. Help me preach it this morning. Amen. And so, so in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now, listen, it says in everything, give thanks, but it doesn't say in everything, it doesn't say in everything, give, give thanks for, for the bad things. It, uh, don't, don't give thanks for everything. Give thanks in everything. In other words, we're thankful that we can stand in faith and believe God in this time that God's going to protect us. We're thanking God that even though the enemy's, enemy's meaning harm through this, God can turn it for the good. And even though, you know, uh, we can be thankful for what we, what we have you know, the, the, the you know, littleness that we have now, and especially when this coronavirus dies out, we're going to be so much thankful for what, the liberties that we have when, they're, when they come back to us. Amen. And so we need to get thankful. We need to rejoice always, and we need to pray without ceasing. That means that we need to be praying all the time, thanking God that he's delivering us and delivering this world from this virus that's trying to shut down this world system. Amen. Uh, the third part of this uh, admonition, it says here, seek God's face. If my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We need to seek the face of God. We, we, a lot of times we kind of treat God as like a, a genie in a bottle. And, and, and God is... The one that gets us out of our problems. And, and, but but we, need, we need not just, just seek his hand of provision, but we need to seek his face. And we need to seek him and love him for who he is and not what he can do for us. I'm going to say it again. We need to love God for who he is and not just what he can do for us. Amen. You know, God has already done everything for us that we need. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that we can have eternal, abundant life. He paid the price so that we could walk in. Jesus paid the price so that we could walk in victory. 
And, and thank God. God has done everything for us. And we just need to thank God for his great gift of salvation that he has given us. And we need to seek his face and not just his provision. Amen. Amen. I like what it says in Jeremiah 21, 11 through 13. And, and Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And, and Jeremiah was a prophet that was raised up to minister the truth to the people in his day. And unfortunately, the people in his day rejected the truth that Jeremiah was preaching. And I'm going to say this, just because we're, sometimes we may minister the word and people may reject us, it, it, it's never a waste. Amen. Because God's, God will continually watch over his word to perform it, and a seed is never wasted. And so in Jeremiah, even though he ministered to the people and they were hard in their hearts, they were stiff-necked, God was trying to get truth to them. And at this point in Jeremiah 29, we're going to read 11 through 13, the people of that time, they were in bondage and they were in captivity and, uh, and they didn't have much freedoms, kind of like where we're at today. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? I'm going to say this, that, that the, the, our freedoms are going to be loosened quickly in Jesus' name. See, in Jeremiah 29, it starts in this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So, so no matter what we're dealing with in this time, God's plan is always to give us hope in our future. So I'm going to say this, that the, our future is bright in God, and we're going to get through any calamity that the enemy is trying to put into our life. Amen. It says here, then you will call upon me. Amen. And come pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search uh, for me with all your heart. So what is God looking for? He's looking for us to have a humble heart to seek him fully, to start putting him First place in our lives to to start acknowledging him as being God in our life. I, I believe when the body of Christ puts God in proper place in their lives, I'm telling you, the body of Christ is going to be moving forward in the place that God wants us to move into. You believe that today? And the fourth thing uh, in this admonition is that. That he, that he says that we need to turn from our wicked ways. And, you know, as I thought about that, we need to always be, as Christians, examining ourselves to see if we're in the faith. We need to be examining ourselves to see if we're actually walking in the light of God's word. We need to be examining ourselves. And the, the Bible is an, an examination book, in a sense. It's a book of promises, but it's also a mirror that reveals and shows up any areas in our life where we need to adjust. And so as we, as we are honest with God and as we seek God in, in this time, uh, we need to ask God, God, is there any areas in our life where we need to adjust? Is there any wickedness or any areas that we're walking in wickedness or and you say well what do you mean i'm not walking in wickedness well if you're walking in your own ways and you're not walking in god's ways then that would be wickedness 
If you're doing your own thing and not serving God and doing his thing, in a sense, that's wickedness. In other words, we need to submit ourselves to God, back to that scripture, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. So, so, so we need to make sure that. The Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Think about that. If I regard, if, if there's things in my life that's displeasing to God, then, then God's not going to hear our prayers if we're holding things in our life that we know that we need to let go of. It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness. It could be things of that nature. It could be just sinful acts and things of that nature. We need to uh, uh, let go of those things, not hold on to those things. I like what it says in 1 John 5, 21. It says, little children, guard yourself from idols. You know, uh, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of people, and, you know, back in the old days, they would make little wooden idols and they would worship these idols and make them little gods. But, but nowadays, our idols can be uh, football players and could be movie stars and could be, uh, you know, these types of of people we, we idolize, but we don't need to be idolizing, you know, or, or musicians. But I, I really believe that God is trying to reveal something in this time that, that everything is shut down, that God needs to be number one, that he needs to be put on the, the, the podium uh, as, as number one in our life, that we don't need to be focused on the things of the world as Christians, but we need to be focused on God. Amen. So we need to focus on God. Say focus on God. And see the payoff when we are getting, when we're walking upright before God and we're walking in love towards God and others and we're, we're walking in the light of God's word, the payoff is that God will hear from heaven, he will forgive the sin and he will heal our land. And I'm going to say this, you know, our land need to, needs to be healed. Amen. I'm telling you, uh, you know, most churches, uh, uh, the auditoriums are not even filled. <laughs> most churches, you know, they're, 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 the people aren't coming to church like they need to come to church. And you know what? I, I thank you guys for, for logging in, for being part of the streaming service. But I'm telling you, when, when the, when the uh, restrictions get lifted, I'm expecting for these seats in this auditorium to be filled. I'm expecting for you to come out and be part of the church. I'm ex- don't, don't, uh, don't allow this time to get you to be a lazy Christian and saying, I'm going to start staying home and streaming now. No, no, no. You need to be part of the church. Amen. You need to be in the church in unity and one accord. And that's where the power of God is. Now, I want to continue with talking about the power of our words and talk to you about the power of our words and the blood of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus is powerful. I, one of my favorite scriptures is in Revelation twelve eleven. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. So here 
uh, in the book of Revelation, this is John that wrote it, got this revelation from Jesus himself, says that the people, us, we overcome, what, who? The devil. Because right before that, it talks about the devil accusing us night and day before God. And so it says that we overcome, who? The devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.